Welcome to Living Stones Church. We pray that this message impacts and touches your heart in such a great way. Enjoy the message. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, are you excited for today? Yeah, you're excited for today. Why are you excited today? Because you're here. You're here. Come on, you're here. I thought you were going to say because the Super Bowl was today. No, no, no. You know, the Super Bowl's happening right here, right now. This, like we're on the field. We're not in the stands. Come on, we're on the field watching God do what he's going to do. Today's going to be awesome. Somebody say today's going to be awesome. Today's going to be awesome. Now, are you seeing that because you don't have a dog in the fight? Is that what it is? You know, it, it, your, your team didn't make it to the big game? Is that what happened? Or you just don't care? You just don't care. Come on. Oh, I've got, a, I've got an amen, hallelujah in the back right there. Come on. That's so great. I love it. You know what? I, I, know, I, I know not everybody has their, has their team jersey today, but I'm going I'm to wear this one. Yeah, is that all right? Can I wear that? This is, this is a, a jersey from, from Jesse's hockey team, and uh, they had made for him. It's such a cool thing. It says, oi, oi, because he always said, oi, oi, your boy, Jesse. Um, and so, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear this today while I preach. Is that all right? Can I do that? Um, so I'm, I'm going to rep, rep my team today. I was so excited when this came in the mail. Oh, my goodness. I got all kinds of pumped. You know what I'm saying? So, so good. There we go. Get in there. All right. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. I want to say good morning to some people online. But first, did you bring your Bible to church? Did you bring it? Where's your paper Bible at? Where, where are my paper Bible people? There they are. There they are. Put, put your Bible in there. Wave it in there like you just don't care. There it is. All right. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to have some fun today. And you know, I, I, my message last week was, was in 2 Kings, and I, I preached a whole chapter of 2 Kings, and there was just something powerful in that. And when I was praying and asking God what he wanted me to talk about today, he gave me another chapter that was just a whole chapter. So we're, this, is, this one's going to be different, though. Somebody say it's going to be different. Man, it's going to be different. It's going to be fun, all right? I want to say good morning to the people online. We've got Lynn Leppelman watching online. I love you, Lynn. Nick, Nick is right here, but he's also online. Love you, brother. Good morning, good morning. We got AJ and Sarah Twist, our pastors who are out there fighting a the good fight, are watching online this morning. Pastor Tanya Dominguez is watching this morning. Hi, Pastor Tanya, we love you. And Tony is also watching online. So they are already, they're a part of the service, even in the battle. They're still here. I'm glad you're here too. Uh, we're praying for you both. We love you very much and uh, appreciate you. Oh, there's some people on, on our interactive site as well. Uh, we've got Cassie watching online. Thank you, Cassie, for being here today. Excited. And Kelly, uh, we love you. We love you so much. You like my jersey for your brother. So awesome. So um, so cool. I'm glad you guys are watching today. I'm glad you're here today. And uh, we are going to get into God's Word today. Are you ready? Did you make it to Matthew chapter 14? Good. Good. Now, who here has played, not, not just used, but played with Google Maps? Have you played with it? Like, like you just go and look up places, look up where you, where you grew up as a kid, you know, like, like blow up your old house, like, oh, hey, I think that might be me still in the front yard, you know, from, from Google Earth, right? You, you, you ever, does anybody do that? Is anybody weird like me? Uh, my, my son, he does that for fun. Like, he'll just, hey, Dad, can I, can I do Google, Google Maps? I'm like, what are you, dude? He's like, I just want to, and he, I, he looked up things, like I would look up where my house was, right? Like, I'm like, I'm looking up that. You know what he looks up? He looks like the Eiffel Tower. I'm like, I never thought to use Google to look up the Eiffel Tower. What a great idea. Look up all these landmarks. I'm like, that's pretty cool. So he's looking up all those things. But um, the cool thing about Google Maps is that the more that you zoom in, the 
the more details you see. The more you zoom in, the more details you see. But if, if you do that, you'll also miss all the stuff that if you zoom out, you'll get to see how, how the different ridge lines of, of, of the mountains are. And, and you can see even, even greater, greater ability to see. Are you with me? Broader understanding. How about, how about for our, our life? Do we have some ups and downs? Do we have some zoom ins and zoom outs? Right? Do we have those different moments? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about that today. Here, here's, here's the, go ahead and tell your neighbor that the title of today's message is Ups and Downs. Ups and Downs. Ups and Downs. This will be part six of our Mind Grown series so far. Uh, are you enjoying this series? Is it getting you to think, expand your thinking? Well, this, if, you, if anybody started to read ahead, if you did, I don't know. Did it, do I have any people that try to read ahead? What's he going to preach on today? What's going to happen? What's, what are we doing? They're not, they've got a couple that are admitting it. And, and some of you are probably going like, holy moly, this chapter has a whole lot of stuff in it. What could he possibly be preaching today? And you know what? When God gave me this, I said the same thing. I was like, man, there's a lot in here. How could I possibly make this one message? And when I started reading it, all of a sudden, it was, if I zoom in, I see certain things. But if I zoom out, I see something completely different. Are you ready? Are you ready? So we're going to have some fun as we zoom out today. Um, I'm going to teach you a little bit of exegesis. Say exegesis. Exegesis. What does that mean? Does that mean like Jesus is exiting? What's happening? Exegesis. No, exegesis is, is a term, a term of how you can break up and read and look at text. Are you with me? So, so exegesis is a critical explanation and interpretation of text, especially Scripture. So we're going to exegete, say exegete. We're going to exegete Scripture today. And how we usually do this is we'll take a chunk of Scripture and I'll look at what are, what are the things we can learn from this chunk of Scripture. And then when you go into that chunk of Scripture, you start to break it down so that you can make it into a place, something you can teach. Are you all, you're all becoming pastors today. Is this going to be fun? You're going to be preaching. Are you ready to preach next week? Everyone raised their hand. They're just ready. So it's so good. we got so many preachers and pastors in this place. Amen. Amen. But as we get into to Matthew chapter 14, I'm going to break it up a little bit differently. Now, you need to understand. Somebody say context. You need to understand context. And there's so many different depths of context. So sometimes I go really deep in context, and sometimes I just skim the top as far as context. Are you with me? But as you read the Bible, do you know that the Bible was not written in chapter and verse? It wasn't. It was written as a letter. Most of these things were written as letters. And, and as you look at the one that we're reading right now, Matthew, Matthew wrote his account of what happened and what he experienced, right? And so as we're reading through this, we've got to understand that this was not broken down into chapter and verse. Some of you, even if you look in your Bibles right now and you're looking at Matthew chapter 14, you'll start to realize that there's, there's subtitles in there, aren't there? Does anybody have subtitles? Maybe, maybe you have some subtitles like I do. Like it says right, right above verse 1 in, in there, it says the death of John the Baptist. Does anybody have that same subtitle? Maybe, have, maybe it worded a little differently for a subtitle. Or you go above uh, verse 13 and it says Jesus feeds the 5,000, right? There's another subtitle. And then you go a little bit further, and above verse 22, it says, Jesus walks on water. Oh, man, if you look at any parts of Matthew chapter 14, we, we could have a whole series just titled Matthew chapter 14. We could, because there's messages within messages within messages. How do you preach 
an entire chapter like this one. I mean, I have fun preaching about Peter walking on water with Jesus. Oh, man, that's one of my favorites. Right? I, I, have, a, I have a good time talking about feeding the 5,000. Right? There's, some, there's some nuggets in there. And, and you know what? The, the one about John the Baptist, yeah, that's a whole different thing. Like, I haven't preached that very many times. So, uh, but, uh, but we're going to talk about it today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word of God. Are you ready to exegete some Scripture today? Yes, yes, yes. All right, Matthew chapter 14, verse 1. says, When Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, heard about Jesus, he said to his advisors, This must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. Verse 3, For Herod had arrested and imprisoned John as a favor to his wife Herodias, the former wife of Herod's brother Philip. Verse 4, John had been telling Herod, it is against God's law for you to marry her. In verse 5, Herod wanted to kill John. I wonder why. But he was afraid of a riot because of all the people believed John was a prophet. Verse 6, but at a birthday party for Herod, Herodias' daughter performed a dance that greatly pleased him. Verse 7, he, so he promised with a vow to give her anything she wanted. Verse 8, at, eight, at her mother's urging, the girl said, I want the head of John the Baptist on a tray. Come on, somebody. I don't know what kind of uh, daughters we're raising, but hey, you know, anything could happen. Verse 9, then the king regretted what he had said. But because of the vow he had made in front of his guests, he issued the necessary orders. Verse 10, so John was beheaded in the prison, and his head was brought on a tray and given to the girl who took it to her mother. Verse 12, later, John's disciples came for his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus what had happened. Somebody say context. Context. You know, when we, when we break up Scripture, see, I can sit and I can preach on just this section of Scripture. And we can go into different stories and different things and different thought processes. Don't make promises you shouldn't keep. Are you with me? Right? There's so many things that we could preach about right here. But what I'm going to do, I'm looking at this section of Scripture, and I'm looking at, you know what? I've never preached these three stories together and seen why and how, and how come they're all in this one section of Matthew's account? Well, somebody said context. I heard you. You said context, didn't you? Who is John the Baptist? Who is this guy? Look at his big mouth. Jesus' cousin. Jesus' cousin. And this is a really important part for what's coming next. It's really important to understand this. Because there's something in here that, that stood out to me that hadn't stood out to me before. Are you with me? It's Jesus' cousin. Let's go to verse. Oh, before we do that, I got my first point. You ready for a first point? Where are my note takers at? Got it? You ready? My loss and pain will not negate my purpose. My loss and pain will not negate my purpose. Won't, won't render it not powerful. Won't take away the power of my purpose. Are you ready? See, this is where things change a little bit. We, we're going from one story to the next right here. See, it was all written together. It wasn't meant to be separated with, with subtitles. Are you with me? Verse 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat for a remote area to be alone. Now, did you just get some context? Why? Why did he leave to go be by himself? To grieve. To grieve. My cousin just died. I just got the news. My cousin died. So I'm going to go away, get away from everybody, and grieve. This was Jesus' purpose right here. Are you with me? 
And then I love this part. But the crowd. But the crowd heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Verse 14. Jesus saw the huge crowd. See, this is usually where we start another sermon. The sermon of the feeding of the 5,000. And we don't even touch on how those two things became connected. Are you with me? Like, how did, why did he go to this place? Why, why did this happen? As we go, here we go, verse 14. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion. Somebody say compassion. He had compassion on them and healed their sick. Jesus was in a remote place to grieve his cousin. He was trying to get away from everybody. You ever feel like that? Like you're just trying to get away? Come on. Now this is going to hit home for the dads for a minute. Are you with me? Dads, have you ever, maybe not admit this in front of your wife, have you ever hid in the bathroom? Yeah, I know you have. You've, you, you've gone in there, you're like, you know, I'm just, I got it. And, and you lock the door. And then all of a sudden you see little fingers under the door. Dad, what you doing in there? What's going on? What's happening? Right? Anybody? Right? You're just like, I just want to get away from you for like 10 minutes. Like, that's it. Right? Is anybody with me? Right? And wives are all, I can see, like, you're not smiling as much as your husband is smiling right now. Because you're like, he does that. He knew it this whole time. She actually called me and texted me before we had this, this, uh, this, this meeting today and let me know so I could rebuke you in front of everyone. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That didn't happen. Ah, but Jesus is trying to get away. He's in a moment of pain. He's in a moment of grieving. He just lost his cousin. Like this is this is also not just his cousin, but this is John the Baptist. Like like John the Baptist. Like when you look at the character of who John the Baptist was, I mean, like this was this was his cousin. It was it was the the son of Elizabeth, right? It was the the, the story where you hear that Mary come, walks in and and the baby leaps inside of Elizabeth, right? It's his cousin. He's he's the one who's preparing the way. He's the one who's been prophesied over in the books of old. He will prepare a way for the Lord. He will be the man in the wilderness, right? This is John the Baptist. Are you with me? There's so much to this moment that Jesus is now, he just wants to get away, wants to grieve. But yet, in his pain, he still found compassion and purpose. Are you with me? How about you? How about me? In the midst of our pain, is that what we what we see in those moments? Maybe maybe men when, when those fingers come over the door come to the door, is that what the thing that we're feeling compassion, right? No, it's just like I I I wouldn't imagine in the midst of my grief, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my difficult season in life, that my first thought is, "Oh, these people need me." Are you with me? That's. I love Jesus for this, and it blows my mind that this is how he responds. But in the midst of losing his loved one, he didn't, he didn't walk out there and go, hey guys, just so you know, I lost my cousin. Can you go do something else for like a day? Anybody feel me? Like, I don't know about you and about me, but I probably would respond that way. Like, if I lost a loved one and you came and asked me for prayer, I'd probably tell you where you could stick it. Are you with me? Like, just being honest. Do I have human people in here? Oh, goodness. I thought you were Jesus. Guess what? I'm not Jesus. Are you with me? I'm a pastor and I love people and I love you, but I probably would be like, mm, yeah, sure, I'll pray for you. 
Lord, bless this person never to need prayer ever again in the name of Jesus. Right? Are you with me? Like, come on. I'm just in my humanity. Maybe we get too fixated on our pain that we miss our God-given purpose and zeal for life. Jesus left because of his pain, but he was overcome with compassion because of his purpose. Are you with me? And for each of us, I wonder if we were to keep our eyes on God, keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our eyes on what he has for us and what he wants us to do, that we would stop looking at people as a problem and we'd start seeing it as our purpose. Amen? Come on, somebody. <coughs> Thank you. Ah. Go to verse 15. We're doing good? Come on. Verse 15. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves and the bread of lo- loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. There's another message right there. But what still gets me, what still gets me, guys, They're in this remote place. Why? Because Jesus wanted to grieve. You understand that sometimes the breakdowns in our life are what produce the breakthroughs? If Jesus hadn't have broken down in a way that he needed to leave and be by himself to grieve, he could have just stayed in a populated area, right? He could have, he's like, well, the people need me. I'm just going to stay. That wasn't his first thought. First thought is, I need to get away so I can grieve. And the people followed him, right? The, the problems followed him. Come on, listen, if you can try to be a different person. I love, I love the whole New Year's resolution thing. I'm so glad it's already February so we can stop talking about that till next year. Are you with me? But, but in the midst of it, you're not a new year. Guess what? You, the old you, walked into a new year. Old problems are still here. Are you with me? Like, you didn't cross over. You're like, oh, it's the 31st. I have all these bills. Oh, it's the 1st. I don't have any bills. This is amazing. It's incredible. No, you have the same problems that you walked into it with, right? So Jesus, in his pain, went to a place to get away from everybody. And then all of a sudden, he has all these things going on. Everybody needs prayer. He has compassion. So he starts to heal people. He prays over people. He's probably already exhausted from doing that before, let alone the fact that he's hurting them. Let alone the fact that he just got this bad news. Are you with me? And now, now he's got his disciples who are hungry themselves. And that's the real reason they're telling everybody to go away. They're like, can you just tell them to go away so we can eat lunch? Like, come on, man. But this miracle would have never happened if he hadn't gone to a remote place. Are you with me? Sometimes we reject the remote place. We reject those places of, of, of hurt and pain and despair. Because we're thinking like, oh, this this is awful. But without that moment, he wouldn't have the miracle of feeding the 5,000 that we preach so passionately and so big, right? But we don't talk about how was Jesus feeling in this moment in the midst of his grief? 
in the midst of his life. Are you with me? So point number two, God will take breakdowns and make breakthroughs. God will take breakdowns and make breakthroughs. Come on. If there was no grieving of Jesus, there would be no feeding of the 5,000. Come on. No remote destination, no remarkable miracles. Come on. Of God's loving grace. No breaking points in our lives, then there's no defining points in our purpose. Like Google Maps. Sometimes we have to zoom in to get the details, but we have to zoom out to get greater understanding. Are you with me? Oh, it's easy to zoom into these scriptures, and I, I love a lot of these scriptures. Like it's it's hard for me not to preach these scriptures because there's there's some of my favorite ones to preach, and I'm about to get to my my one of my ultimate favorite stories to preach was Peter being on the water, right? But I'm not going to preach it today because we're zoomed out. We're looking at the bigger picture of what's going on here in 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 Matthew chapter 14. We're zooming out. Somebody say we're zooming out. We're zooming out. I wonder what would happen if you zoomed out on your life, on your understanding, on your circumstances, on your different phases and stories in your life. Think about it for a minute. Think about the challenge you're walking in right now. How big it is. How crazy it is. Are you with me? And, and we're going we're gonna to Google map it for a minute. We're going to zoom all the way in to the problem that you're experiencing. And you know what? When you zoom in that far, it's pixelated, right? All of a sudden, you zoom in that far, it's all you can see is these big blocky colors of of this thing is ugly and it's huge and it's massive. I want everybody to just feel like this for a minute. We're zooming out. We're zooming out. We're zooming out. We're zooming out. Okay, I see. I see. I see French Valley. Dutch Mill. I see, I see, oh, there's, there's the new Chipotle right there. There it is. Chipotle. I'm zooming out. I see Temecula Valley. I'm zooming out. I see Riverside County. I'm zooming out. I see California. It's getting smaller now. I, now I see the United States and Mexico and Canada. I'm, all of a sudden, it's just a big green blob. And it wasn't that big a deal as big as I thought it was. Come on. I know for all of us, if we, if we zoom out on our lives just a little bit right now and we look back to all the things that we've gone through, you zoom out from here and you zoom back. You zoom back 10 years. You zoom, hey, we're not, we're not going to zoom into 2020, okay? We're just going to leave that one alone. We're, we're going to just keep that. Zoom. We're going to go before 2020 when things were a little different. Right? You're going to zoom in there for a minute and see different stuff. You zoom back to, to 2008. You remember what happened in, during that time. You zoom back to different times when, when this person was elected or that person was elected. When you went to this school and this thing happened. When you broke your arm. And you think about all those different seasons in your life. But then you zoom all the way out. And you realize that God is writing a beautiful story. It's all coming together for good for those that love the Lord. Are you with me and live according to his purposes? Doesn't it, can't you just breathe a little different when you zoom out? Oh, it doesn't look as big of a deal. It doesn't look like it's so difficult. We start to understand that God will take our breakdowns and make them our breakthroughs. Come on, think about the breakthroughs you've had in your life. Most of the time it was right after our difficult times. Remember that? Those breakthroughs. I know for me, some of the different breakthroughs I've experienced were, was some of the hardest times in our, in our life. 
in our marriage, some of the different things that we've gone through in, in finances and in jobs and in these different moments of life, learning how to trust God. And it's like, hey, God, I trust you. And then something bad happens. And you're like, why did something bad happen, God? I said I'd trust you. Where were you? Were you taking a nap? Like, anybody with me, right? That's biblical, you guys. Like the, the, the disciples yelled at him for taking a nap because they thought he was going to drown, right? Are we ready? Let's go into the next one. Oh. Verse 22. Immediately after this, no time has passed. What's immediately mean? Come on. It, it ju- that thing just... So, John dies. He gets the, gets the news. Immediately after this, he gets in the boat, goes, goes to a, a remote place to get away from everybody. And immediately after that, everybody starts falling around, wants to, get, wants to get healed, wants to have their own stuff going on. Right? And immediately after that, they, everybody's hungry and we don't know what we're going to do. Send them home. Send them to do stuff. Right? And immediately after that, we get this one. Verse 22, immediately after this, Jesus insisted His disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while He sent the people home. After sending them home, He went up into the hills by Himself to pray. Night fell. He was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble and far away from land. For a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. Verse 25, about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. Holy moly. Guys, did you hear that 3 o'clock in the morning part? So did I. So did I. How many of us are excited about being up at 3 o'clock in the morning? But it happens all the time. Speaking of that, Michelle, I want you to share this message with your friends. It's on purpose for that. But I think that there's more to it. There were... Three ladies at our small group this week that raised their hand and said, hey, the same thing happens to me. I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, when I was reading through the Scripture, God pointed this out to me specifically for those three ladies, but I feel like there's probably more. A lot of the times when I start to see coincidences, they're not coincidences at all. So let me ask this question. How many of you, for whatever reason, just seem to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning? Look around the room and see how weird this is. Look how small this church is. That's probably 30% of the church is raising their hand that they're waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning for what seems to be like no reason. We're probably all asking for prayer separately. Hey, I'm having insomnia or something. I don't know why I keep waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning. I want to tell you right now, God has a word for you. Those of you that are waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to pray two things. I'm going to pray two prayers. I'm going to pray for purpose in it. And then I'm also going to pray for you to be able to sleep. Are you with me right now? So if you're one of those that raise your hands, maybe you're watching online right now and you're like, holy crud, how can I be one of the people in the midst of all this stuff? I want you to just put your hands out like this like you're receiving a gift. Okay? Father God, I pray for every single person who's waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning right now. It's been happening over and over and over again. And God, We're not asking for it to stop right this second. What we're asking for is for you to make purpose in it. Father, I know that you're waking people up because it's time to pray. And so, Father, whether that's a 15-second prayer and they're able to go back to bed or it's an hour and a half of fervent prayer, whatever it is, Father, I just pray right now that the next time they wake up at 3 o'clock, they won't just be irritated, but they'll wake up with purpose. 
and they start praying, whatever, whatever starts coming to mind. Maybe they even have a, a notebook next to their bed so they can write down the things that God are putting on their heart to pray for. And they start writing those things down. I'm going to pray for Aunt Katie. I'm going to pray for, 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 for my neighbor George. I'm going to pray for, for that, that, that person that I heard about that has cancer at work. And I'm going to pray for this person and pray for that person. You start writing those things down. Father God, thank you for making these things attentive to me so that I can see them and know them and know that you want to do a work in and through me. So Father, I just lift these prayer requests up to you right now and battle in the Spirit. Lord, that you are going to make a way where there seems to be no way. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. And Father, I pray that as they engage in this spiritual warfare that you're calling to them to, just like you were called to when your disciples were out in the middle of the sea, about to drown, and here goes Jesus. I got to go for a walk. I got to get to work. Two o'clock in the morning. I already had a rough day. I'm already tired. Come on. And so, God, I just pray for each of them as they engage in this warfare that you'd give them even greater sleep. I pray that there'd be supernatural rest. Lord, they may only get three, four hours of sleep, but I pray that it'd be supernatural, that it would feel like they had eight and ten. In the name of Jesus, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God gave me that word for you, three o'clock in the morning, people, because that stood out to me so clear. So clear. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. Here's point number three. My miracles may be after midnight. My miracles may be after midnight. Now, that's a fun little play on words, but what I mean by that, what God gave me when I when I've told I've explained to some of you how how I how I come across my messages to preach. God gives me breadcrumbs, and I follow the breadcrumbs, and so. I'm not a theologian. I don't, I don't sit and study all these different things all the time. I just say, God, what do you want to do? And then I follow the first breadcrumb. I'm pretty much like E.T. Are you with me? Like, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> like, like, so I'm, just, I'm just following the Lord, man. Like, I don't know how, where we're going. I don't know what the point is. We're, we're going to get there, though, and we're going to figure this thing out. And the breadcrumb he gave me was, was the saying, it's always darkest before the dawn. Now, I thought to myself, that's a really kind of dumb saying. Like, I don't really understand it because as the sun starts to come up, it's not really darkest before the dawn. So I don't really understand where that comes from. And when I, look, when I went to Google it and just see, like, why, why is God putting that on my heart, it was because he talked about this, this moment specifically right here. Is that the darkness that they were experiencing at 3 o'clock in the morning, the storm that they were experiencing that late at night, and the miracle that was about to come. I want to speak to you in this same way that your miracle may come after midnight. It might have to get darker before it gets lighter. Are you with me? Like things might have to get more difficult before they get easier. Are you with me? Like, 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 like going to the Oilers game last night. Dude, that, that, was, that was darkness for me. Are you with me? Like I got, to, I got to sit on the third row behind the net. It was the coolest thing ever. I mean, Directly across from us is Will Farrell sitting pretty much in the same area. Like I'm like, I zoomed in and on well, my thing, took a picture of Will Farrell, sent it to Chelsea. I'm like, there he is, right there. We just got the seats on the wrong side. We would have been right next to him. But it's always darkest before they're done, right? I was, 
I was so blessed to get to go do that with Dante, and he, he took me to that game, and it was such a blessing. So, so fun. His first professional hockey game, and, and I, I got to watch my team get spanked. But uh, I, was like, I was like, watch this. They're going to score. No, they didn't score. They didn't score a single goal the whole time. Oh, they were tired from the night before from spanking the Ducks. So I can't be too upset. I can't be too upset. But, but the Kings took advantage of it. They did. They did. They did. So now I'm wearing Kings colors today. But no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But darkest before the dawn. You know, I was, I was jokingly talking with Dante on the way home. And I said, I'd probably never say this from a pulpit, but here I am about to say it from the pulpit. But uh, I, I've, I've watched, I know, yeah, Chelsea's grabbing her chair, all my leaders grabbing their chairs. What's going to happen now? But I was joking with him because we've, we've gotten to see different seasons of this church. We've gotten to see seasons where we had massive growth to go from 36 people to 120 in a couple of months. We got to see that kind of growth. Then we got to see all of that just completely disappear and then grow to 400 people. And then we've since been living in a season where we've watched more disappear, but now we're seeing all these new people, all these new families coming in, and I'm getting excited about what God's about to do next. But I was telling Dante, I was like, you know what? I was about, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, dude, I just want everything to break completely so that we can get to where God wants to go. I was like, I told him, I'm, I'm about to get up in front of the church and just say, listen, if God's telling you to leave the church, just go already. So we can get done with that part and get to the new stuff that God wants to do. Like, I'm getting tired of waiting. And if there's somebody that's holding it back, go. Like, are you with me? No. Now here, I'm just, I'm just joking around. No. But you're like, like, dude, does he really want me to leave? No, I don't, I don't want you. See, Chelsea's like, oh my gosh, why would you say something like that? Right? you got to understand. Sometimes you just get hungry enough. You want the fullness of what God has for you. You're just done with the old season. Are you with me? Like, is anybody like me? Like, you're just like, just rip the Band-Aid off. Like, like I don't, I don't want to peel it a little bit at a time. Like, Chelsea, Chelsea and I have a different way of getting into the, the pool. It's true. Do you guys, you guys have different ways of getting, like, like, if, if, I, if I go and feel the pool before I get in the pool, I may not get in the pool. Are you with me? So, so I, I, if, if there's another person in the pool, they can handle it. So I just, I just go to the deep end and I just jump. Are you with me? That's, that's me. Chelsea, bless Chelsea. Come on. Chelsea will take half an hour. Because she'll, 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 just, she'll just dip her toes. And finally get on the first step. Ankle deep. And she tortures herself for 30 minutes. I'm like, come on, honey. Right? Oh, my boys are like, just throw her in, Dad. Just throw her in. Right? We, we, we don't throw her in because bad things happen if you do that to Mom. <laughs> we don't throw her in. But you know what? It gets, sometimes it's just it's, it's darkest before the dawn. If it's hard, if you're going through a hard season right now, hold on. Hold on. Don't give up. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The light is almost here. It's almost, the, the dawn is almost here. Hold on. Hold on. 
if, if you're hearing a word from the Lord, you came to church today, you're watching online today, you're, you're asking God, give me a word, give me something, Lord. The word is, hold on, hold on, he's not done yet. Hold on, the story's not over. Hold on, just keep going. Watch what he's going to do next. It's going to be good. It's going to be better than you thought it could be. Come on, you've been asking for him just to fix something. Oh, but he's going to destroy that and give you something way better. Are you with me? Hold on. Hold on. Watch what he's going to do next. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. God is moving. He's on the move. Somebody say, he's on the move. He's on the move. Verse 26. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. How many of us are terrified right before the miracle comes? I can't tell you how many times. That's usually when I get to the breaking point and I finally say something I shouldn't say. Like, everybody just leave church already so we can get to the new group of people. We say stupid things when we get to that point, right? You finally feel the pain enough that something comes out that you didn't expect. Here we are. They're terrified. They're terrified. They were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Verse 27, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. Verse 28, then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Verse 31, Jesus immediately, come on, another immediately. Don't forget, just, just a few immediately's ago, he had lost his cousin. He was going through grieving and all these other things. But here we are with another immediately. Come on. He's going through it. He's doing it. Oh. Yep, verse 31. Thank you all. Thank you. Jesus immediately, a little slower immediately when I'm reading, immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Verse 32. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped, and then the disciples worshipped Him. They, you really are the Son of God, they ex exclaimed, as if they didn't figure that out a few chapters ago. Come on, somebody. Like as He's just, okay, I'm, I'm exhausted, but I love you, so you're healed, and you're healed, and you're healed. And goose, you know. like It's Jesus, right? But now, they, because they almost died again, like because they got to the darkest part of their day, where they're scared out of their mind and they see a ghost walking on the water and he gets in the boat and the water calms down and they said, oh, you really are. You really are God. Like, How many of us do the exact same thing as we freak out in the middle of our challenges and then God finally comes through and we go like, oh God, you are God. I knew you would do it. Right? Like, how many of us are, are like just giving him praise finally? Like, oh, we knew this was going to happen. Let me tell you what God did. We, we should go get coffee later and talk about Jesus. Are you with me? Right? But you were freaking out a minute ago. You did not look like a Christ follower a minute ago. These are the same disciples, right? Like, they watched Jesus feed a minimum of 15,000 people, 5,000 men plus women and children. A minimum of 15,000 people just moments ago. And Jesus told you to go out on the water. What do you think's going to happen? He's going to take care of you, no matter what you think. But guess what? He's taking care of you. And he's taking care of me right now. In the middle of our storm. In the middle of our junk. It's, somebody say it's too soon to quit. 
It's too soon to quit. Come on. It's too soon to quit. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. Verse 34. After they had crossed the lake, they landed in Genesaret. Verse 35. When the people recognized Jesus. Come on, here we go again. Somebody say, here we go again. When the people recognized Jesus, the news of His arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area, and soon people were bringing all their sick to be healed. They begged Him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of His robe, and all who touched Him were healed. Now, I don't know about you, but this this kind of work day would be exhausting to me. Are you with me? I, I just found out yesterday that my cousin got his head cut. That's pretty rough news. Is anybody with me? Like, and then everybody followed me and didn't leave me alone to grieve. And so here I am praying for people because I love them. I'm going to keep praying for them and loving on them. And, and they're going to get healed and God's going to do His work. And, and then they're going to be hungry and complain about that. And so now we're going we're gonna to feed them all, right? Like, this was, this was a day, you guys. What a, what a day! What a day! Have you ever have you ever read Matthew 14 like that before? Me neither. Me neither. Oh, I've read each of those stories and I've preached those stories with all my heart. But I never looked at it quite like that before. All of a sudden in the midst of his pain and it's only been a day. You think you're still grieving after a day and he gets he's like, "Oh, dude, they can't even pray for themselves. I have to walk out on the water just to get you guys to get the other side. I mean, as if I haven't taught you how to do this stuff already. Didn't we do this once before? Right? Didn't, didn't you wake me up from my nap that one time? Like, come on. Didn't, haven't we done this? You just you look at the waves you say, peace, be still. It's not that hard. Right? Jesus is like, you don't have any faith. Like, what's wrong with you? Then they get to the other side and back to work. They all come up. Hey, we, we need healing. Are, are you busy? Are you doing anything? Just wasn't, wasn't sure what's going on, but can we just touch your clothes? <laughs> right? I, I got to tell you right now, I can't imagine if people started coming up. I just want to touch your shirt. Like, if I, if I touch your jersey, man, maybe, maybe I'll get healed. You know? Here's Jesus just, just doing what God created him to do. Now, I want you to know that whatever God's called and created you to do, you will have the strength to do it. Now, did you hear me? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You heard me with your ears, but you didn't hear me with your spirit. You didn't hear it with your spirit. Because then you would probably groan like you just did a second ago. Because you'll know. Guess what? No matter what happens tomorrow, we have work to do. God's called me for something. There's an important thing I have to do. Are you with me? And when other people don't understand how you feel, you'll be overcome with compassion. Because you're seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Are you with me? Oh, does that mean that you will never be human? You do know that Jesus was fully human, right? He was fully human and fully God. He was fully human. How many times did He say, dude, how come you don't have faith? How long must I be with this, you, this unbelieving generation? I mean, He even called Peter Satan, right? He's like, get behind me, Satan! After he just changed his name to Peter. The rock in which I'll build my church. Two seconds later, you're still, still acting like Simon. Are you with me? How many of us are doing the same thing, right? 
like a full of faith. Oh, I'm, I'm going to Livingstone's church now. Those people are crazy, man. Like, we're going to do this. We're going to build a church. And then we're like, hey, show up to pray for people on Saturday morning. You know, kind of busy. Got things to do. You know, come on, somebody. Like, God's going to put a fire inside of your heart and a fire inside of your spirit, and the devil's going to do everything to put it out. Everything. Everything. The things that he tried to do today just to keep from today from happening. Pete, did we ever get the stuff figured out online? Nope. Didn't work, huh? But we're, it's work. I mean, it's online. But technical glitches, not stuff's not working right. We got people, people having sick and issues right as we get to church today. Right, stuff's just going wrong. Like I can't tell you as we've taken steps of faith, how many things just seem to go wrong. Like, like, oh my God! It just tells me we're on to something. We're on to something. Oh, if 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 we're on to if we're getting into the enemy's territory, they're just going to hit that side a little bit harder. Are you with me? Like as we get a little bit closer, as we get a little bit closer, as we get a little bit closer, all of a sudden you just have opposition after opposition after opposition. Come on, somebody's got to get excited with me because if you get excited with me, we're going to take territory. Are you with me today? We're going to take some territory. Are you ready? You ready to take some territory? We're taking territory. It's happening. It's happening. Oh, I've been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this. For years, I've been serving the Lord, saying, when's it going to come? When's the vision that you gave me going to come? Somebody say, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. We might be inch by inch getting there, but it's coming. It's coming. Something's happening. Something's shifting. My loss and pain will not negate my purpose. God will take breakdowns and make breakthroughs. And my miracles may be after midnight. When Chelsea and I took over this campus seven years ago, we walked into a church that was falling apart had $200,000 in debt. The people were angry and upset. The pastor was leaving. And the worship leader said, well, if he's leaving, I might as well leave too. So I got to take over what was left. And I remember, I remember the people were looking at me for hope. What, what's the plan? What's the vision? And can I be honest with you? I didn't have one. I didn't have a vision. God had ripped me out of my corporate job. I was, I was in comfort zone, making six figures. My wife, stay-at-home mom. We had great benefits and sitting in this place. And God ripped me out of that and put me in this place and said, here you go. And I was like, well, now what? Just trust me. Just follow me. Just like what John was talking about for our, the tithe message today. Who would be crazy enough to do stuff like this? And you know what? I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm tooting the horn of my God. For those of you that are misunderstanding, oh, look at what, he's just trying to tell everybody, look at all the stuff I gave up. No, you're misunderstanding. When God tells you to do something, you do it, and then you, then you start to figure out why as years and, and time goes by and you start to figure out what's happening as you watch one more life get saved and one more person get touched and one more thing happen, right? I remember as we drove in, it was around... Around this time, 
because we started first Sunday in December of 2016. And I remember the mountains look like they do right now, so beautiful and white. And we were driving in, and God told me that what you do here is going to be the epicenter of this region. Now at the time, that made no sense because we, I wasn't even allowed to preach. It was a video campus. I came and I said, welcome to church, everybody. All right, go ahead and sit down. We're going to watch Pastor John preach. Oh, he doesn't know that we're watching him, but it's good, right? It's so good. And hey, who wants to give their life to Jesus? That was my job. That was it. How are we going to be the epicenter of what you want to do in the region when I can't even preach? See, there's going to be so many obstacles between you and what God said. There's going to be so many things. And those obstacles are not there to stop you or keep you from what God said. Those obstacles are to grow you into what God said. If you don't have those obstacles, you don't grow. Are you with me? If there was, if there was no place of mourning for Jesus, there would be no feeding of the 5,000. They could have gone and got lunch on their own. And they probably would have. But when you have nothing else to trust in but the Lord, that's when you start to see the miracles. When you've got nothing else to rely on but Him, you start to see Him move in your life. Are you with me? You may have come to the end of yourself Congratulations! You're almost there. At the end of yourself is where you find Jesus. When you can't do it on your own anymore, you find Jesus. And He does something in you and through you that you couldn't imagine. And it blows your mind. You start to feel unworthy of what He's done. You start to feel like, I could never do that, that's the place you have to start. Humility. None of this was on your strength. It was all on Him. It was all through His development. Are you with me? Your obedience and His faithfulness. Oh, man. That's a lethal combination. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this message blessed your life in such a powerful way. Come visit us here at Livingstone's Church in person at Dorothy McElhinney Middle School in French Valley, California, every Sunday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. You can also watch us online on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Church Center, or at livingstones.tv. If God is using this ministry to touch and impact your life, and you would like to consider partnering with us in your giving, you can do so by giving in the Church Center app or by going to livingstones.tv slash giving. We hope you have a wonderful week.